Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson, Steve Carney, and Mike Lovell. For the final time this season, welcome into Yards and Stripes as we will dissect the Air Force's big win in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl and prepare for the long offseason. An offseason I know that college football fans listening are not excited about, but we do wish you happy holidays. Hoping you all had a Merry Christmas and holiday season. We have got a lot to do here on episode 18 of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Joined, as always, by my outstanding co-hosts, Mike Lovell, Steve Carney, and I'm Bryce Atkinson. Appreciate you guys stopping in, investing some time with us after the holiday as we get ready to turn the page to 2023. We are going to talk about Air Force's win over Baylor and the Armed Forces Bowl. We are going to give out our game balls. Hazi Daniels entering the transfer portal. What NFL rule change to allow current service academy players the chance to play in the national football league we got our travis manion foundation honor roll segment and then we will close it up with our highlights of the 2022 season as well as give you our yards and stripes 2022 most outstanding player from the service academies but before we get into any of it happy holidays steve mike i hope santa treated you guys both very very well Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, Price. Uh, everything was good uh, over here at our residence. Steve, what about uh, what about your Christmas day? Yeah, Christmas was good to me. Uh, right before Christmas, maybe a little less so. Uh, I showed the guys here before we got started. Uh, on the Friday before Christmas, I was going to a Christmas party being held by a former colleague. And I stepped in a hole and gave myself a high ankle sprain. So I'm actually out for the next four games. Uh, But uh, thankfully, uh, it's fine enough now that I can walk on. It's just, you know, the the color of Barney the dinosaur. And it does hurt like the Dickens, but it's still, uh, the pain is tolerable. So there's no New Year's running resolutions in the Steve Carney forecast for 23, right? No, nah, this fat ass doesn't <laughs> normally run anyway. So, it, 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 but I do have to walk a lot for my uh, for my other job involving the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that could be a little bit of a pain. Thankfully, it's cold in that arena. Well, I do wish you guys happy holidays. Hope your families had a great uh, holiday season as well as well as all our listeners. I know Air Force fans had a great pre-Christmas gift to unwrap in a very frigid Fort Worth and Amon G. Carter Stadium. But before we get to that one and talk all about the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl and Air Force's big win over Baylor, Mike, tell our friends about Ticket Smarter. That's right, Price. We are smack dab in the middle of college bowl season and college football fans. We know that with bowl season in full swing, you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. We want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust now more than ever. At Ticket Smarter, they've partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an online ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA Bowl tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football bowl games live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. We have an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Save $30 off of your purchase of $250 or more with our promo code BOWL22. That's BOWL22 for $30 off your order of $250 or more. And if you're in Florida like me and you're trying to hit multiple bowl games, you can use that code as many times as you want this bowl season for the best selection of seats to the biggest games, including the college football playoff semifinals and the championship game. So if you're trying to hit the Orange Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Tax Slayer Bowl all in three days, you can use that Bowl 2-2 promo code multiple times for each one of those games. But hurry. Get the best selections and the pricing now with Ticket Smarter. And remember our code, BOWL22. Think smarter ticket smarter 
Thank you, Michael. We're all smarter because of that, and that is your home for tickets, as Mike just told you about, but our home, your home for Service Academy football, and we're going to lift off here on this episode. Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, a 30-15 to 15 winner over the Baylor Bears, five straight now over Power 5 opponents for Troy Calhoun's team, as it was a frigid cold evening. Uh, in Fort Worth, 13 degrees at kickoff, minus four wind chill, but the Air Force Falcons easily handling the Baylor Bears, uh, 30 to 15, en route to their fourth straight bowl win, and they close the season on a five-game winning streak, bringing the Falcons' record to 10 and three overall. Now 10 wins for the third straight full season uh, for the Falcons, 2019, 2021, and 2022. And we all, you know, we all obviously picked. Uh, Air Force to win the football game and you know while it was cold you know the Falcons came out you know pretty strong uh nine nine nothing you know after one quarter before Baylor got on the board just before the end of the first half the trail nine seven at halftime uh and then the Falcons came out really to start that third quarter took control on that 83 yard drive five plays capped by Daniels two yard touchdown run a beautiful throw and catch by Daniels to find a streaking Amari Terry uh, down the left sideline for a 68-yard completion inside the Baylor five, and you know another touchdown late uh, in the third quarter uh, to tight end Caleb Relos. His first catch of the season, ironically, his first catch of his career came in the first responders bowl last year. His first catch of this season came in the bowl game, and it was a big one, a touchdown. Uh, and that put Air Force up big, and they never looked back uh, en route to the win over Baylor. And, and you know, we thought it was going to come down to the running game, and that's certainly what it did, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't get to say this very often, but this one went pretty much exactly how we thought it was going to go. Yep. Uh, the Air Force defense stepped up, and uh, they shut down Richard Reese, uh, Big 12 freshman of the year. Baylor wasn't able to get anything going in the run game. Everything fell on Blake Shapin's shoulders. Shapin was not sharp, missing on several key third down passes in the first half. Air Force was able to do just enough in the first half and then come out and just absolutely dominate in the second half, we'll talk about Hazik Daniels a little bit more, but man, key completions at critical moments had a pass on a fourth down conversion on the first drive of the game. That drive led to a touchdown, and then you mentioned that 68-yard pass on the first drive of the second half that put them inside the five and set up set up uh, uh, set up uh, the Air Force's first rushing touchdown, Brad Roberts's rushing touchdown. That pretty much, uh, once they were able to do that, they just ran the ball. And, and, you know, I always use the Python analogy for the Service Academy football teams. Once they got that double-digit lead, they just started choking the life out of Baylor. Baylor at 6-6 six and six with a fired defensive coordinator, another fired defensive coach. And in minus four degree wind chill, wasn't too interested in fighting that Python. And that was pretty much the end of that game. And Steve, yeah, Hazik Daniels doing a great job directing the option. Uh, you know, kept a lot of plays alive with his legs. Ends up running for 81 yards and a touchdown through, you know, 4-7 for 103 in that touchdown there, you know, in the third quarter. Who is, you know, Daniels named the MVP of the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, but it all started with him. I mean, that's where the the, the attack for Air Force uh, began, and that's where it ended as they ran up 276 yards on the ground. A little bit shy of their 300 and 31 they averaged per game but it was enough to do the job yeah absolutely and you look at that first uh, drive that mike mentioned where daniels had the pass on fourth and five to to continue he also ran for a first down on third and ten earlier in that drive to keep it going and really once the once the bears defense got subjected to that right out the gate. I mean, you're talking about a 15 play drive that took almost nine minutes off the clock. Uh, you knew that they were going to be in trouble and they, mm -hmm. and the offense certainly did not help them because you look at it. They, uh, their first three possessions, the Baylor's first three possessions, punt, punt, punt. Then they had the missed field goal. They finally get on the board at the right near the end of the half. Uh, but I, I really think that when, when the Baylor offense can't bail out the defense, you're going to find yourself in big trouble if you're mm -hmm. the bears. And that's exactly what happened. As Mike said, it, it went exactly the way 
all three of us predicted it would. Yeah. Yeah, and the Air Force defense set the tone, like you mentioned, from the start. And then they forced Baylor to three and outs on their first two possessions of the game. Then in the second half, Baylor's first three possessions or drives were, you know, a punt. I believe it was seven yards punt and then turnover on downs after four plays uh, on two straight possessions. And, you know, the other thing that was a, a big story in the game, you know, obviously, you know, when Baylor cannot continue to put a drive together, you know, third down was a big story of the game. Baylor was 0 of 11 on third down. Air Force was 8 of 16. That's a big difference, and that's what allowed Air Force to control the ball for 40 minutes and three seconds compared to just 1957 for the Bears. I mean, the Baylor had to go for it on fourth down several times. That was more late in the game. Uh, and in the second half where they were three of six and Air Force was two of five on, on fourth down. But, you know, Air Force defense, again, just sets a tone. And again, we knew the team that especially defensively that was going to come out and could, could keep the other from being able to run the football was going to be the difference. Yeah, and Price, you mentioned uh, Baylor going forward on fourth down several times in the second mm-hmm. half. They, they, they ended up going forward on fourth down on their third possession, third drive of the game. So you can tell immediately that Baylor is already starting to feel the effect of the Air Force attack. And, and they knew coming into this game that they really couldn't get behind because if they did, Air Force would just use that dominating rushing attack. So you could you could see that the Air Force mentality, just the toughness of that Air Force team was already playing with the decision-making of the Baylor coaching staff already early in the first half of that game. Yeah, and another story, uh, Steve, Brad Roberts, I mean, you know, we talked about 276 on the ground, you know, 276 hard-fought yards, uh, but Roberts really was, you know, grinding it out. He carried it 37 times for 116 yards, just barely three yards a carry, and those were 116 really tough yards uh, for Roberts as, you know, Baylor just 42 yards on the ground. They were anemic. They basically had to go through the air, and with the wind – uh, the way it was, you know, playing Havoc, it was obviously one of those games where the wind was so strong. You know, the team that had it in, in their direction, it, it certainly was going to favor them. Oh, it certainly was. And you, I, I thought what, what interested me was the fact that Air Force did get 74 offensive plays off. Uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, if you're going to get – uh, if, if you're going to play against them, you know, you're probably not going to have as many, they're not going to have as many drives because they're going to try and grind things out to get 74 plays off uh, that shows that, uh, you know, they, they did their job and it, for the, for the offense, it kept them warm. They kept the defense going back on its heels. So mm-hmm. uh, everything that you could do, right. Uh, I think air force did, and they got seven passes and, and completed four of them to even give Baylor that other piece in their mind that they had to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baylor's had some postseason success lately, but there was they didn't have much success in this football game at all. Again, thirty to fifteen is the Air Force gets the win, improving to ten and three to finish with ten wins. And Baylor, you know that loss, they have a losing season at six and seven overall. And before I kick it over to Mike here real quick because we do have to give out our game balls here in just a second. Congratulations go out to Air Force's John Lee Eldridge the third. Since August had been planning to propose to his girlfriend after a bowl win. Well, moments after the Falcons knocked off Baylor, Eldridge dropped to one knee on a frozen and frigid tundra there at Amon G. Carter Skate Stadium. He popped the question and we're happy to report that his fiance Shanice said yes. So they will be tying the knot. Congratulations to John Lee Eldridge the third and his fiance Shanice. Gotta, so awesome. Got to got to canonize her for standing out there on that frigid turf. Uh, well, I I mean at least you know Eldridge had been running around all day, so he was nice <laughs> and warm. She was not. <laughs> so 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 good on her for being able to say yes and not go. Can we please take it inside? <laughs> That's right, Mike. Price, quick question for you. You mentioned this is Air Force's third straight 10-win season. I believe it's the fifth 10-win season under Calhoun, fifth That's or correct. sixth. Uh, and yeah. So with Air Force in the Mountain West, three straight 10-win seasons, five under Calhoun, you got to think that Calhoun's probably done about as much as he can do at Air Force. Uh, you know, at, at what point does another school or, you know, start looking at Calhoun who has his team ready to play? You mentioned five straight wins against power five. He can certainly, he can certainly do that. He can recruit, he can build a, a consistent winning program in the era of NIL and transfers at a service Academy. 
how, I mean, what, what's next for Calhoun? Is, is he a lifer at Air Force Academy, or, or will he get a shot at a Power 5 program? I think at some point, you know, it, it does it does come to the time where you got to ask yourself, do I want to be challenged somewhere else, you know, for, for Calhoun? So, you know, I know he's had opportunities, you know, over the years, you know, to leave, but he's continued to want to stay, you know, obviously an Air Force graduate. But, you know, another place that he has been mentioned before has been the National Football League, and there is an opening right up the road with the Denver Broncos. Now, I'm not saying that he is – he is the guy and the best fit there. I can tell you that, you know, it does from what I see, there are issues on the sideline and within the organization. A guy like Troy Calhoun would be something I think that a, at least the locker room could probably benefit from. But that's the Denver Broncos. I think the more obvious would be, you know, would there be a college spot that would be, you know, a, a good fit somewhere he would think is a challenge. I, I agree with you. You know, the, the landscape of college football changing again with teams uh, moving conferences. He's done everything that he can do. The only thing he hasn't done basically in Colorado Springs is go to the Mountain West Con uh, Conference Championship game and win the championship game. That's the only thing I think that he has not done, obviously, besides make a, a college football playoff, which was would be even more of a rarity. Do you think he looks at what happened to Coach Niamatololo at Navy, and is that kind of that kind of shapes his perspective on staying at Air Force? You know, at some point in time, you got to think you'll have a couple of down years. I don't know. I think they, I, I think there's just things at at Air Force that are so different than they are at Army and Navy, where they can have a little bit more sustained success winning, um, with things in place that are more football academically friendly at Air Force that are not in place, say, at maybe Air Force or at uh, Navy and Army. Um, I just think you're, the opportunity where he's at, um, you know, being an Air Force Academy graduate, you know, his family, you know, is all in the area. I don't know. I, you know, you got to think at some point he wants to take the shot, but when will that be? Where will that be? Um, you know, he, he's done Everything that he can do, I think there's just going to come a time where, you know, you're just not going to be there for 25 or 30 years. Coaches just don't, you know, in the age of college football now, with long as he's been there, he's exceeded pretty much, you know, the lifespan most any coach has at their current job already. Just wondering, these are the things I think about on my commute. Uh, we're <laughs> probably time for the game balls. All right. Well, let's uh, let's give out our game balls. Mike, why don't you fire away, brother? I'm going with Hazik Daniels. Uh, not not a super big stat line for 703 yards in the air with one touchdown, 15 rushes for 81 yards. I mean, that's not Bryce Young. That's not Hinton Hooker. That's not C.J. Stroud numbers. But it was exactly what Air Force needed in that game in those critical moments, the key completions and critical moments, that fourth down pass on the first drive of the game, the 68-yarder we've already talked about. Hazik Daniels took – the Baylor's focus on Brad Roberts changed the dynamic of how Baylor's defense was calling the game, got Air Force ahead. And when Baylor's defense changed their scheme, then Air Force was able to leverage that rushing attack and win that game. And it was because Daniels was able to outmatch the Baylor defense. He gets my game ball for the bowl game. Steve, fire away. I'm going to head to the defensive side, Price, and uh, mention safety Jaden uh, Goodwin who uh, was up in the box for uh, a big majority of uh, that game, trying to stop Baylor's rushing attack and helping them do so. As we mentioned, Baylor only had 46 yards on the ground. Goodwin had nine tackles, six of them solo, and also had a pass defense over the middle as well, leading the Falcons defense to the victory. So I'm going to go with Jaden Goodwin. All right. I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the football and go with the man, the myth, the Air Force running back legend, Brad Roberts, who uh, went for, what, 116 yards on 37 carries, now finishing the season uh, with that one touchdown the game, has now 17 touchdowns, seventh most in a season, most by a fullback, and he has 35 career touchdowns, third most in Air Force program history. You know, finishing the season with 1,728 yards on 345 carries. That 3,541 career rushing yards ranks third all-time in Air Force school history, while his 707 carries is a school record. So my game ball goes to Brad Roberts. All right, we got more to do here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the transfer portal 
And is it rearing its head at one of our service academies? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the NFL rule change that has now been grandfathered in for service academy athletes to make a run at the National Football League. We got our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. We got a few news and notes, and we got our highlights of 2022 and our 2022 most outstanding player. We got all that coming up here on this episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football that you can listen to on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast. We'll be right back. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here once again are Price, Steve, and Mike. Continuing on here in episode 18 of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football as we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. As I told you before, you can listen to us every single week, although this will be the last episode uh, of the season until we talk to you sometime, hopefully in the spring before next season. Uh, but the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, an array of podcasts to keep you busy through this bowl season and is there is a lot more college football to go spotify apple podcast uh android user uh, stitcher a myriad of ways you can listen to yards and stripes in the outstanding content and shows that we have for you uh on the college gridiron coast to coast podcast network and before we go any further i want to tell you about some of our friends at the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, and that's BetUS.com because we know that you need a sports book with integrity and longevity. Well, that's BetUS.com because we want you to take advantage of an offer we have on our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, and that's a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Here's how it works. You put 100 in, you get 125 to play with. 200 bucks, that's going to get you 250 and so on. Bet US has the NFL. The playoffs are just around the corner. They got the NBA that's in full season. The NHL, almost any sport you can think of or wager on, they've got it. Regardless of the sport, we want you to be with us at betus.com throughout this bowl season. Check them out at betus.com. And remember, our 125% match bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST22. You bet. You win, you get paid with BetUS.com. All right, gentlemen, something that popped that caught my attention, and I'm sure it caught yours as well, as the day after the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, the athletic reports that Air Force senior Hazik Daniels had entered the transfer portal the day after the win. Daniels said immediately after the game in interviews with the media that he hoped it wasn't his last college football game, saying, quote, We'll see what plans God has for me. Hopefully it's not the end. We'll see, end quote. Well, that report was confirmed by Brent Brigham with the Colorado Sp Springs Gazette. And it raised an eyebrow because in entering the transfer portal is a senior. Is you know, our listeners know or may not know, cadets cannot transfer out of the out of the academy uh, following the start of classes of their junior year. That's to the point which they commit become committed to finishing their four years of schooling and the active duty that follows graduation. So you ask, why would Hazik Daniels enter the transfer portal when he is locked in at the Air Force Academy? Well, it's a procedural move just to give himself more options because there's really, you know, two options. You know, he's got two technical years of eligibility left, gentlemen. To play another season, it would require require a turn back or graduate school, Mike. So, your thoughts when you saw this? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people, particularly Army Navy fans, don't realize that in the Air Force Academy, it's a little bit different. They they have a little bit more opportunities to go to graduate school immediately upon graduation, um, a little bit more so than Army or Navy, West Point or Annapolis, where where very few people unless you're a Rhodes Scholar, Marshall Scholar, or maybe two or three or four med school people. Uh, most everybody else commissions media upon graduation. So, uh, you know, this is not new. Isaiah Sanders, a previous quarterback, did this, went to Stanford. He was a Rhodes Scholar candidate, I believe. I don't believe he was awarded the scholarship. And I think he, as a matter of fact, I think Sanders went on to win the Warfel Trophy 
in college football after his season at Stanford. And then you had Charlie Scott, who was a punter. He played at Alabama just as recently as two seasons ago. So, so those guys are, they will go on, they will leave the Academy. They'll be commissioned and they'll know they'll enroll in a master's program. Um, and they'll, they'll be expected to earn those master's degrees uh, as well as playing football. My question for Hazik Daniels is, you know, if you're going to do that, you, you want to go to a solid graduate school. And if you're, I, I just, I don't know where he's going to land. He He's a, he's a good dual threat quarterback. He's good for air force. He's not a strong passer. If you look at his accuracy rating, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's probably not power five level. He doesn't, he doesn't have the, the throwing capabilities to, to go somewhere, I think, and start at power five level. So my question to him is, is where do, you know, where is the best fit for both his postgraduate Air Force commitment and playing football? And I'm having a hard time seeing where he lands. I hope right. the best for him is just kind of, a, you know, it's just kind of a kind of kind of unique deal. Yeah. Yeah. My thought my thought on that is that if if he's going to transfer somewhere. My my guess is because he is not, you know, the passing quarterback that most uh, teams, especially at the at the one uh, A FBS level, are looking for. My my guess is he goes to the Ivy League. I mean, I could certainly see Hazik Daniels going to Yale or going to Harvard, you know, and having that opportunity. That's probably the the best chance that he has if he is looking to become a Rhodes Scholar. That's going to be his best chances to is go to the Ivy League and and play uh, Ivy League football. You're going to take a step down in competition, so you're probably going to have much better stats if you're if you're if you're stats oriented uh, football wise. I could see him going to the Ivy League, playing in playing in FCS uh, football for a chance to maybe get that uh, that postgraduate scholarship uh, to study uh, outside of the. Uh, United States before starting his military commitment. Yeah, Steve, I don't think he's trying to get a a, a, a Rhodes or a, a Truman or a Marshall. Um, you know, he'll get us if he goes to the Ivy League, he'll get a solid degree. But the vast majority of, of those uh, candidates apply for that while they're in their last year or two of their undergraduate experience, and then they they usually that usually your your uh, East West Marshall Truman and Rhodes. Usually that's not your second master's program. So I, I think he's just looking to get a solid master's degree and play football. I don't, and, I don't necessarily and think it's a Rhodes scholarship thing. But, well, but then you could go to an Ivy league and get, and get one of those top, top tier, uh, yeah, absolutely. Graduate that, that, degrees. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you got a Harvard point, business school yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That point still stands. I, I'm just to your comment. I don't think he's posturing to be a Rhodes scholar, but, but if you're looking to play, if you're looking to play football, um, you know, him not being, the prototypical FBS quarterback leads you could lead you to think that he's probably uh, maybe considering taking a step down in um, uh, at, at the football level and maybe playing at an FCS school for sure for the love of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could end up at a one double A, you know, FCS school. Um, you know, could end up, you know, let's say backup quarterback at a like a two lane somewhere like that, could he end up with a position change? You know, if he had an opportunity to, I don't know, say fullback, could it be as a tight end? I don't know, but it could be at a, at a position change to go play it like a, uh, a Nebraska, uh, a Cal, wherever it may be. Might that be something he's thinking? Obviously, we don't know, but um, if he's going to want to continue on playing because the transfer portal, you know, if he wanted to come back to the Air Force Academy, I don't – to me, the transfer portal isn't, you know, the option. Um, I don't know if you would have to even enter that. Why would you even enter the transfer portal? Because, you know, to to do a turn back, it requires approval from the academy, which, you know, is they're granted in times of hardship in, in the, the 30, 30 plus, 35 plus, you know, Air Force Academy football players. They, they were granted a turn back year. So they basically went home for the spring. Um, and then came back. And so he could take the spring semester off and then come back at the fall in the fall and finish his degree at Air Force. It's not unheard of. I mean, he does have the eligibility to do it. You know, the other one, like you said, is, you know, is, is graduate school. And there's, you know, Mike articulated pretty well that, you know, the Air Force has been, you know, civilian schools has been relationship that's, you know, I guess, far stronger 
or four more free, far more frequent. Um, you know, Isaiah Sanders, who was, you know, Rhodes Scholar candidate, went to Stanford and played, you know, two seasons. You know, they had some other players that were academic standouts, but I, I'm not going to speculate. I don't know what Isaac Daniels' academic record is. I mean, I hope he graduates. That's all I care about um, and that he stays in good standing. But it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And the other one is Brad Roberts, because Brad Roberts hasn't mentioned anything, or at least we haven't seen any kind of public reports about Brad Roberts. One thing I thought was interesting in the postgame notes that Troy Garnhart, the SID, sent out for um, the Air Force Academy after the bowl game, you know, didn't mention anything about, you know, Brad Roberts, quote, finishing his career or anything about Daniel's, you know, last career game. Um, it did mention um, Vince Sanford, that it said uh, in Vince Sanford, he had a sack in the Armed Forces Bowl, and it said, quote, caps his career with 16 sacks. Is it speculatory? Is there a reason for that? I don't know. But I know, do know that Brad Roberts did not play in 2019. He really didn't even come on to the end of that 2020 season during his sophomore year. So he's really, you know, two and a half years is really what he's played so far because he didn't play at all as a freshman. Could we end up seeing Hazik Daniels, Brad Roberts back in an Air Force uniform or somewhere else next season? I mean, certainly they have the eligibility, but, you know, I think if you see that, I think as, as the, as the national media and as the, the visibility of uh, academy football grows and, and, the, and the college football community is more interconnected. My fear is that if you see this, there will be people both in the leadership of the Department of Defense and in uh, political leadership that, that sees this and they realize that it's not just guys going pro taking people away from their commissioning obligations, but but these guys are you know leveraging the college football system that we have now and taking them away from their uh, service academy commissioning obligations. And I, I know we'll talk about Andre Carter and the NFL thing next in our next segment, but, but this is kind of parallel to that. And I'm just afraid that if you start seeing multiple players exercise the master's option and play football as well, you, you, there are going to be people, there, there are definitely going to be people who are not going to be a big fan of that from an optics and a, and a, and a commissioning responsibility perspective. 100% agree with you, Michael. All right, let's move on and talk about the National Football League because we did talk about Andre Carter II, his potential roadblock that all of a sudden came up in front of him. Well, that is no longer there as there was a provision instituted or inserted in the omnibus spending bill that was filed and passed before Christmas, and that would allow players to defer their service in order to pursue professional sports opportunities. And it says, quote, and, and, and again, uh, this is a grant, this is being grandfathered in at the academies right now. Uh, according to the text in the uh, Senate Appropriations Committee where the provision was filed, it says, quote, shall only apply with respect to a cadet or midshipman who first enrolls in the United States Military Academy, United States Naval Academy, or the United States Air Force Academy on or after June 1st, 2021. So basically, academy athletes that began uh, at their respective institution after June 1st of 2021, um, they would be able to do this. Or before, I should say before. It's it's fine for Andre Carter the second, but I still think that the problem will still linger here, of Price, and I, and I'm sure Mike agrees with you, uh, with me about this. You know, we're going to come to a point. You know, there are going to be players at Army, at Navy, at Air Force that are going to be. I I don't know if they're going to be fringe NFL or if they're going to be you know legit first round type players like Andre Carter II, but there are going to be cadets. There are going to be midshipmen. There are going to be, uh, you know, folks at the Air Force Academy, Air Force cadets that are going to have an opportunity to play football at the next level in, in years to come. And this bill is going to say, no, 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 you're not going to be allowed to play yep. football at the next level until you finish your military commitment. Now that number is not is not anywhere it it's it's infinitesimal almost when you look at the 
percentage of you know the the uh the student body at these three academies you know we're talking about what one in, in all three academies over the course of four seasons uh you know so you're looking at it it is a very very small percentage and i think that you should be able to appeal that and it should and those appeals should be heard on a case-by-case basis but mm-hmm. this this bill and this and this law that that's uh you know that's going to be signed is not uh allowing for that and i i think that that's that's a mistake yeah steve's absolutely right they, they fixed yeah. it for the one guy who's very deserving but going forward and here here again everybody heard my rant last show it's it's so simple i don't mm-hmm. i don't understand how we can mess this up but here's the other thing here's the other thing of all the professional entities that exist in this nation, in this country, in this society, Congress is the most unpopular institution in the entire United States of America, yes. right? What's the most popular institution in the United States of America? Pro- probably the institution of football. So you have the most unpopular institution going against the most popular <clears throat> is there not a pr person in congress is there not a single person in congress going to this guy this, this congressman from wisconsin and saying hey this is not a good idea millions tens hundreds of millions of americans love football they love college football they love pro football and you're you're fighting this one-man battle to keep one or two guys every four years from continuing to play football at places that need positive visibility it, it's just it's 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 mind-boggling to me. I, I know I went on a rant last week. I'm not going to go on a rant this week, but it's just mind-boggling to me how institutions with such low approval ratings want to go after people who are trying to get yeah. into institutions with such high approval ratings. And if they go there, that can help. Out, that can help everyone out. It can help the service academies out. It can help the government out. It, it's free publicity. It's, 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 it's a win all around. And I don't know why we're fighting something that's a win for everybody. I don't get it. And yeah. it's not like and it's not like the player can't. <clears throat> perform a military commitment uh, in a reserve fashion. We talked about this last week. You can still make your military commitment while being able to play in the National Football League. You're not playing 52 weeks out of the year. You're still going to you can still get your pound of flesh after their playing career is over. Exactly. And the number of stories, earned media stories, television, print, the amount of earned media you're going to get is a player. Let's take Andre Carter, for example, who is going to get drafted, go into camp. Those stories are going to be in every newspaper that, that whatever team drafts him in their paper and then every opponent's newspaper because they're going to highlight him before every game and tell his story. So that's about at least 16, 17 opportunities right there he's going to get you know, to have that publicity – Really good publicity, by the way, that's spread all over the country for what he's doing, playing football during the year, but then um, doing his reserve duty and time, you know, in the offseason. A fifth or sixth or seventh round draft pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Phoenix. Uh, they still got a team in Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix yeah, the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. They just a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick will get you more earn publicity and more results than the entire recruiting budget of than the entire budget of the entire recruiting army recruiting uh enterprise in that metropolitan area i and guess guarantee what? It's free. i guarantee I, yeah, exactly it's free and i guarantee you the the numbers the roi numbers will support that and i just don't get how we mess up something that's a win for everybody and it's so simple it's a temporary fix, and it's an issue that's going to come up again. It's not going away because there will be another Andre Carter, whether he's at West Point, whether he's at Air Force. It's going to come up again. It's not even a fix. It's just kicking the can down the road, and that's mm. the problem. It's, yeah. it's not a fix. It's kicking the can. It's kicking the problem down the road two or three years for the next guy that comes to West Point, not recruited by anybody, no stars, turns out to be a really good athlete, really good student athlete, does well in the classroom, just like Andre Carter. It grows to be 6'6", 270 with a wingspan of, of, of Chilean Andor. And then the NFL says, the NFL says, hey, we'd like to take a flyer on this guy. This guy's athletic ability is, is worth a third-round draft pick. And then we're just going to be talking about this all over again in two yeah. years. Kid, Andre Carter didn't go to West Point 
to pursue an NFL dream. He went there because he wanted to be he wanted to go to the United States Military <clears throat> Academy. He turned out to have the ability to be an NFL talent. And you know there there's there are kids on each one of these rosters who could potentially have that, and then we're just we're we're going to kick this kick this can down the road another two years. It's it, maddening, frustrating. What's the Princess Bride line? Inconceivable. In no, not inconceivable. <laughs> he he routes he spouts spouts off like three words in a row when he gets all frustrated. And I, I'm I'm at that point. I just can't remember the line. It's going to come up again. There's no question about it. All right, let's step away because we got our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment when we come back, and then we'll close it up with a few news and notes and our highlights of the 2022 season as well as our most outstanding player. We'll do that here on Yards and Stripes, your home for service academy football. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, if not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Manion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. All right, we continue on on Yards and Stripes, and you know it's time in the podcast for our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment, where we honor and remember a fallen hero that has given the ultimate sacrifice. We cannot thank the Travis Manion Foundation enough for partnering with us again this season uh, to highlight the sacrifices and the families of those that have given that ultimate sacrifice uh, and the work that is continuing to be done uh, in their memory in communities across the country to develop future uh, future generation of leaders. And you can find out so much more about the Travis Manion Foundation at travismanion.org where you can give and join their mission right there at the very top right on the homepage. Uh, they have activities that go on throughout uh, the year led by Ryan Manion, Travis's brother, uh, who spoke before the final, deploying for the final time, if not me, then who? And we're so grateful for the Travis Manion Foundation and all their support here on Yards and Stripes. And this week, uh, on our final episode of the season, we honor remember Navy SEAL Brian R. Brill. He was a native of Stamford, Connecticut. It was among 30 U.S. service members killed on August the 6th, 2011, when their CH-47 Chinook helicopter crashed in the Wardak province of Afghanistan. Special Warfare operator was assigned to a SEAL team that was supporting Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. He was born on August the 23rd, 1979. Brian graduated from Trinity Catholic High School in 97, and then he enlisted in the Navy in 2001. He became a Navy SEAL in 2003 and deployed to Iraq on four occasions and to Afghanistan four times. He was awarded three Bronze Stars with Valor, a Joint Service Commendation Medal with Valor, a Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal, a Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, two Combat Action Ribbons, and more. And Brian survived by his parents, Dr. Michael and Patricia Perry, his father, Scott Bill, and brothers, Christian and Morgan, and sisters, Amy and Andrea. And the Brian Brill Foundation's Warrior Healing Program was set up with the help of his family for individuals, individual four-day therapeutic retreats for Special Operations Forces active duty veterans and their spouses who have been deployed since 9-11 and as a result have mild traumatic brain injuries, combat post-traumatic stress, and chronic pain. You can find out more about that at www.brianbillfoundation.org. And Brian, along with his two best friends, Navy SEALs Adam Brown and Mark Lee, along with the 29 others who died on their helicopter on August the 6th, 2011, they were honored through the Travis Manion Foundation's Character Does Matter program uh, to service students, to students, excuse me, 43 students to be exact, at Westover Middle School in Middlebury, Connecticut on February the 18th, 2013. And the girls there were challenged to learn the stories of the fallen heroes and continue their legacy of service within their own communities. And once again, you can find out a lot more about Travis, uh, the Travis Manion Foundation, as well as the heroic sacrifice and those just like Navy SEAL Brian Bill online at travismanion.org. <laughs> 
Travis Mannion Foundation's 9-11 Heroes Run 5K Race Series unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Join your community this September and register to run, walk, or rock by visiting 911heroesrun.org. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. All right, final segment here on our final episode of 2022. Arts and Stripes, your home for Army, Navy, and Air Force. And we got a few news and notes to pass along real quickly before we get into some of our 2022 superlatives that Mike, Steve, and myself are going to go through. But before we get to those, I uh, want to talk about the Air Force Academy and the Naval Academy. They are two of seven schools that will share the American Football Coaches Association 2022 Academic Achievement Award presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club. Seven schools sharing that award recorded a 100% graduation rate for members of their 2015 freshman football student-athlete class. Air Force receives the award for the second time while this is the Navy, while the Naval Academy's first time receiving the award, that from a press release from the AFCA, which I'm not sure why it goes back to 2015, because that's quite a ways back. Navy linebacker coach PJ Volker promoted to defensive coordinator under new head coach Brian Newberry. Obviously, like I mentioned, he was the linebacker coach. Now he will be the defensive coordinator under Brian Newberry. Question in amongst everybody in terms of midshipmen fans is what is the offensive staff going to look like well we don't know just yet because there is no official word or reports out about that at least that i've seen and just after finishing our last episode it did become official the next day that drew thatcher announces the new offensive coordinator at army and additionally the black knights promoting three other coaches on staff matt drinkle to co-offensive coordinator which we talked about mike Vitti to assistant head coach for offense, offensive line, and then Cody Worley to the run game coordinator and quarterback coach. So that is just a couple things as we uh, get ready to close up here on the 2022 season. Steve. Also, also want to uh, congratulate uh, my friend Titus O'Neill, WWE wrestler, superstar, and he was uh, the grand marshal for the military ball going on uh, today as we're taping this. Uh, between Duke and UCF at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. Uh, Titus O'Neill, whose real name is Dad Bullard, uh, played uh, college football at the University of Florida. His son, TJ, is a freshman at UCF. So uh, he's getting the uh, the look, the up-close-and-personal look <laughs> at uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium here uh, today as UCF takes on Duke. So congratulations to Titus uh, a great humanitarian, and uh, I can't think of a better grand marshal for the military bowl than him. Price, that's one of the other things you missed by not being down here in Tampa with Steve and I is all the WWE wrestlers that live here. <laughs> hey, I'm going I'm going to SmackDown uh, on Friday, so uh, here at Amelie Arena. I used to go, actually, I uh, used to go in D.C. because our wrestling coach, Joel Sherritt, uh, he wrestled with Kurt Angle uh, oh, yeah. in college. And so whenever they would— Yep. Yep. Whenever they would come to DC, he'd always uh, hit up all angle. And I, I drug Joel with me one time. Uh, he, he couldn't take it. He was ready to leave about not even halfway through it just cause it was such a joke, but it was fun just to go with him. All right. Uh, highlights of the 2022 season before we give out our, uh, yards and stripes, 2022, most outstanding player, which I don't think that's going to be a too big of a secret, but what do you think? What was the highlight of the season or highlights of the season for you guys? What do you think, Mike? Or would you start? I think for I think for me it was the uh the, the second half of the Army Navy game, uh the overtime, the the, the key the tying field goal, Moretzky's tying field goal, <laughs> then the 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 forced fumble in, in second overtime, and then Moretzky hitting that, that game winner, and then going back to the end of the first half, the block punt. Army's mm -hmm. season didn't start out the way it wanted to, two close losses, coastal and UTSA. Uh, then they dropped another game in there, not not going to be bowl eligible, but they wrapped it up the best way they could with a with a thrilling two OT win uh, over Navy and some dramatic special teams play. And then that that punching the ball out inches from the goal line, having uh, Ben Chase, who's setting the record for number of games, having yards and stripes, being able to host him yeah. for that game, and for him to to witness Army Navy for the first time with us. That that was really uh, you know it, it's hard to have a 
better highlight than a two overtime army navy game uh so i know i'm captain obvious here but uh, for me it was was that block punt and then uh you know the the over to the last minute field goal and the overtime dramatics of of another classic army navy game one of the few rivalries that just never really disappoints Mm -hmm. steve yeah for me uh it's really the back end of navy's season uh, the last uh, the last quarter of Navy season. I mean, you remember when they got started and they lost to Delaware in the first week of the season? And we mm-hmm. all went, oh Jesus, here we go. This is going to be another awful ride. Uh, but yeah. then to see what they did in a loss to Notre Dame, uh, yeah, even though that was in Annapolis, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to come back and and really put a scare into the Fighting Irish, and then to go to uh, Orlando and beat UCF. Uh, on the road and then what happened with uh with the double overtime game against army yes i know they finished the final quarter of the season one and two but i I really thought that they showed a hell of a lot of fight uh in that in a team that you know could have rolled over and said you know what the hell with it and Mm -hmm. they they certainly did not they had a uh, i thought a fantastic finish uh even though uh, a couple of the results weren't the way that they wanted to go uh they definitely showed themselves well yeah, I thought um, there were several for me. Uh, you know, Air Force certainly is the commander in chief trophy uh, winners. You know, I was trying to think back of a moment if there was like a specific moment, and I couldn't think of one uh, for Air Force's season. You know, they, their closest wins were, you know, over the service academy teams, Army and, and, and Navy. So probably just, you know, I think overall for, you know, some of the eye popping numbers that Brad Roberts put up, you know, along the way. Um, that was one of them, um, you know, because you won the commander chief trophy and, and doing it, you know, against army, you know, by six, 13 to seven in November in the game that Mike was at. I think another one was, you know, there are certainly moments for all, you know, for air force and mentioned, I think maybe for Navy was probably, you know, the Daniel Davies field goal in for in double overtime, you know, the game winner, because he hit one to put it what into Senate to overtime. Then he, uh, hit what one did he hit one in the first overtime? I can't remember, but they get a turnover and he kicks that field goal in the second overtime. And he was a guy that hadn't even played because BJ Nichols was hurt. So he comes out of nowhere and saves the day in a game that we all were like, Well, how bad is Navy going to get beat? That's basically the only question we had, you know. And then certainly for Army, you know, the lasting memory is, you know, the 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 ball coming out at the goal line by Anton Hall Jr. Navy, it's punched out literally at the goal line and Army recovers and bam, kicking that field goal, game set match to win the Army Navy game. I mean, there were moments by all three teams, but you know, I think probably Price, I, Air- got, you, mm-hmm. Price, I got your Air Force moment for you. How about that just drubbing of Colorado at the Air Force Academy in that weather after what, you know, after the bad blood left by yeah. Colorado several years ago? That was just big, Air, yeah. Just, just Air Force, you know, just putting their foot down on Colorado and just stomping them and kind of exacting a little bit of revenge. And then I think for Air Force also the, the win over San Diego State kind of exercised a little bit of a demon there. But yeah, for, me, for, for me, for Air Force, it was really that just – thumping of Colorado bad weather you could tell Colorado wanted no part of that Air Force team yep. it was just and it, it, was it just probably brought times. Deion Sanders to Boulder <laughs> oh, well Carl Durrell was going anyway that, that, was, that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was that was by far the worst power five program in all of the United States it, they were just awful and that's you know, saying something seeing as you and I are both in Tampa <laughs> well, yeah and and I grew up you know I was in I grew up in Nashville too so I I, I spent oh, eight Vanderbilt years watch, watching Vanderbilt play uh you know in, in the hours where I wasn't watching Tennessee but yeah Carl Durrell was going anyway but yeah but for me for price to go back to Air Force I think that that thumping of Colorado at Air Force that was just a that was a football player's game right there where they just dominated another team just imposed their will on them yeah, they own the state this year too. I mean, they they literally own the state of Colorado, and there's no question, best team in the state of Colorado. I think they might want to have a little bit of a a bite of the apple for the the Denver Broncos. Not that they could beat them, but that's how high the Falcons are flying right now. It's the winners of the Commander in Chief Trophy. All right, 2022 most outstanding player from us here at Yards and Stripes. Is there really any debate? Is there really any question? Is there really any conversation? outside of the winner who it's about as obvious as you can get. Yeah. I was going to say, we should all say who the winner is on the count of three, (laughs) one, two, 
three. Brad, Brad Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. But congratulations to it's unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Brad Roberts, the senior from Arvada, Cal or Arvada, Colorado, a product of Ralston Valley High School, as you mentioned. Just what an outstanding season he's had, caring for over 1,700 yards this season. And, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier in the season. Mike, if I had the vote now, and you could vote at the very end of the season, which is the way I think, you know, the Heisman should be done. This is the way I think all Americans should be. I don't think you should be voting while their game's going on. I would put uh, Brad Roberts on a second-team All-American ballot at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I, I, there was a lot of good running backs this year. Yep. I, the fact that he didn't show up on any ballot, not even a couple of the, the awardees that do third team ballots, to me is criminal. I'm shocked. Uh, yeah, I'm I know, shocked. About I, know, that. I know the kid at Illinois had a really good season. I know Ibrahim at Minnesota had a really good season. <clears> but, but what Roberts has done this year, and I get it, he plays in the Mountain West. So you got the competition angle, you got the time zone angle. You know, a lot of not a lot of people watching what he's done. You got the offensive he, angle. Yeah, you get the all, you know, the byproduct, a system running back, you know, if yep. there is a such thing, right? But uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's borderline criminal uh, that he wasn't at least on a third team All American ballot because he he just had a tremendous season. And if you watch, it's one of those things where, if you just watch the film, you'll just watch him just crush defensive linemen and linebackers over and over and over and over again. It's it's really, the it's one of those things where it's kind of like the Mona Lisa. The more you look at it the more impressive it becomes. If you just walk hmm. right past it, you're just like, oh, it's just another pretty light on a painting. But if you stand there and stare at it for 30 minutes or an hour, it, you you see the beauty in it. It mm -hmm. takes you, it just takes you a minute to appreciate it. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, Brad Roberts has just, you know, had a season unlike, uh, I mean, really, I guess maybe the numbers would be, you know, like a Malcolm Perry, you know, kind of type uh, or Keenan Reynolds, you know, from, from Navy different being a running back versus a quarterback because a quarterback yeah. has the ball in their hands every time. Yeah. You, you I mean, got, you got to go back to like Napoleon McCallum uh, to be, to be honest, to, to find a running back. that I'll push but, back a little bit. I mean, Keenan Riddles set the NCAA record for touchdowns, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit, yeah, again, that's different. Keenan Riddles still, I mean, that's a guy you know, literally that was on Heisman ballots and should have been sure. in New York. I mean, should have been it's, absolutely it's criminal been that yeah. he was not in New York for yeah. that. Agreed. Because they had a helicopter ready to take him yeah. from the Army Navy game to New York, that that you know, a, you know, a stones throw from Philadelphia yeah. to up and, to and New that's, York. That's that's coming from a guy who's as big of an Army fan as anybody. That yeah. kid should have been in New York. That was that was criminal. Yeah, yeah. Not not Peyton Manning criminal, but uh, pretty close. But but without a doubt, Roberts. I'm shocked he didn't uh, show up on some All American ballots, especially like as a third team, at worst. All right, before we get out of here, guys, anything else? I know that we're going to close up shop on 2022. Wish all our listeners a, a very happy 2023. Thank everybody that has journeyed with us through this this college football season with Army, Navy, and Air Force. It's had a lot of incredible moments. We had some great times uh, on the show. Cannot thank uh, you, Mike, enough for, for joining on this year. And Steve, same thing with you. You guys are the best co-hosts that I could find especially Steve, uh, too, for putting together every episode as the ex producer extraordinaire of not just Yards and Stripes, but other podcasts here on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Thank you guys immensely uh, from the bottom of my heart. It's been a blast, Mike. Price, I would just like to recognize our listeners, and I would just encourage our listeners to reach out to us. Uh, we're we're listener-friendly. Reach out to us on our on our Twitter account. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm at Mike L underscore LWS. Price, well, what's can you can you give our at listeners Price our, and, and and the Yards and Stripes account at Yards and Stripes on Twitter, and you can follow us on Facebook. Steve. Yep, and uh, I am at Steve Carney, and you can uh, reach out to all of the uh, podcasts on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network at gridiron coast also i want to thank uh our sponsors here uh this year ticket smarter yes. and betus.com uh for uh, all the 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 the, in, the belief in us in getting uh getting this uh podcast out to as many of our listeners as we can and as many college uh, service academy uh football fans that are out there yeah, and as I mentioned during the TMF segment, you know, once again, thanks to the Travis Manion Foundation for, you know, being with us yet again this season. 
on yards and stripes. But that will do it for us in 2022. You know, once again, Happy New Year to all our listeners. But thank you to every single person that's invested uh, time listening, whether it's one episode, every episode, every single week. Um, it's just been a blast to do this with all our listeners because they're the ones that we do this one for. So thank you to everybody that is tuned in and taking time to listen to us, that's offered feedback, that's uh, tweeted us during the season, uh, sent us messages, what you like, what you don't like. With everything, uh, cross our fingers and, and hope we will be able to be back and do this with you again next season because I know it's something that I look forward to and hopefully – I'll be able to have my two guys, Mike Lovell and Steve Carney, with me once again next season. But for Mike and Steve, we will talk to you next year. In the meantime, have a happy new year. We'll talk soon. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. To get more on all things Service Academy Football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And make sure that you're subscribing to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts.